Welcome menopause warriors. Come join us where few women have gone before. Our mission is to demystify the menopause journey. We seek to break through the stigma of getting older and provide our listeners with real solutions, support, and answers to give women the tools to live their healthiest, fullest lives. Our guests include healthcare experts, educators, nutritionists, hormone specialists, cultural icons, and everyday amazing women. Come celebrate with us and learn the wonders of menopause. Embrace the heat. Welcome, menopause warriors. Today, we are with Karen Martell. She is a certified hormone specialist and transformational nutrition coach and an expert in women's weight loss. So thank you, Karen, so much for joining us today. We are so thrilled to have you here. This is um, dear to my heart. This is where I struggled the most with trying to understand what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. And there was really no information out there. And I stumbled across you from this fabulous podcast, driving in the car from Utah to LA. And I grabbed every wrapper that was in the cup holder, the napkins, wrote on my hand because you had so much information to give. And I came home and I came on and I took your hormone test right away that was on your website. And I've been following you ever since. So thank you for being here with us. Well, thanks for having me. And I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for just thanks for doing your podcast with I think the more information out there, the better for women. So why don't you can you just give us a like, just give us a recap, your story's so good. Just give us a quick recap on why you came into doing what you're doing. I think it's important too, because it's not talked about often enough. And there's a lot of women that are going through what I went through that started me on this journey, which was when I had my first child. So I was 31 when I had her and, you know, lost the baby, the pregnancy weight, no problem, you know, was done breastfeeding. And suddenly I started gaining weight. And here I was, you know, 32 years old and doing everything that I should be doing, you know, like I was always very health conscious person. I wasn't, you know, a closet sugar eater or fast food eater. I always ate well. So I was like, okay, well, what's going on here? Why am I gaining weight? And I hadn't changed anything in my diet, hadn't changed my workouts. So I thought, well, I'll do what I'm told. And I will work out harder and I will eat less, right? Because that's what everybody tells you to do. (laughs) And so I joined this boot camp, plus got a personal trainer. So I was doing this boot camp a couple of days a week. I was seeing my personal trainer, making sure that she was kicking my butt. I was in probably the best shape of my life at that time because I was working out so hard. And, you know, was trying multiple different diets. And I would, you know, I tried Atkins. I tried the zone. I was vegan for a while. I went raw for a month. That didn't work out very long. I detoxed. I was doing juicing. (laughs) Like I, everything, everything at that time that was out, I did it. I got the book on it. I would read it. I would do it. And I only continued to gain weight. And not only that, I had all these like weird little things happening. It wasn't just the weight gain. Like my stomach was super bloated. I always looked like I was three months pregnant. I was getting skin rashes, like high on my skin from eating certain things. So I was getting multiple food sensitivities out of nowhere when I had never had any before. I had very sudden onset severe insomnia where it was like I couldn't sleep all night long. Like I would finally fall asleep around like three or four o'clock in the morning. I'd sleep for an hour or two. I had a brand new kid, you know, a one-year-old. So I'd have to get up in the morning. I was, I had to go to the doctor. I went on sleeping medication. She put me on an antidepressant. She was like, you know, here's this, this, and this and go on your way. And 
Of course, nobody said to me at that time, maybe it's your hormones. <laughs> and here, because I was 32 years old, nobody's going to say, hey, it's your hormone deficiency or it's hormone yeah, yeah. imbalance. Right. They, right. A doctor won't say that to you. Right. Going online, yeah. there was nothing at that time that was like talking, nobody was talking about hormone imbalance. And I didn't even know to go into that world even because I, I didn't think it was anything like that at first. And then as time went on, I got to the heaviest I'd ever been and all of these other health problems. And I was like, it's not the diet. Like I've tried everything. <laughs> it's not the diet. What else could it be? And because everything centered around hormones, because my PMS was so bad and I was, you know, heavy bleeding and really depressed during my PMS time. And then I was getting severe menstrual migraine migraines, which I had never had before. So I would have like a migraine for seven days, 10 days during my period. So I knew that there was a hormonal aspect to it. I'd also had a history of endometriosis and ovarian cysts. So I was like, maybe, maybe it's my hormones. So I went to a naturopathic doctor and I said, can you test my hormones for me? And they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, I'll take your money. (laughs) So I got my hormones tested. (laughs) And sure enough, my, all of the hormones were out. There was not one that was in good range. So I had, you know, too much estrogen. I had too little progesterone. I had way too little cortisol, way too little DHEA. I would say probably my testosterone was the only one that came back in relatively okay range, but everything else was a mess. Um, later, I found out I also had really low T3. So my thought, so I was hypothyroid and I didn't know. I'm sure that now looking back, it was triggered by the pregnancy, which is very common to happen for women. So there I was 31 years old just a hormonal disaster. And I had to figure it out on my own. And once I did figure it out, and you know, I was doing everything wrong, I was starving myself, I was calorie counting, which is the worst thing you can do when you have adrenal and thyroid problems. I was working Mm. out like a demon. You know, and that again, the worst thing you can do for bottomed out cortisol and today is not to be going to boot camp and you know, stressing out my system that much more. So I quit that. I started doing yoga only and doing walking and taking some time to myself. And it's funny because I look back like at that time, I thought I wasn't a stressed out person. I would never have said, oh yeah, I'm just like I thought never would I have thought it was my cortisol because I was just doing what every other North American woman does. Like I had a full-time job. I was a single mother of a little girl. I had, you know, running my own business, like whatever, like it was normal, but it wasn't normal for my body. And so between the, the stress of the pregnancy, the stress of the newborn, and then putting all of these things on top of it all. And my body was just like, yeah, this isn't cool. And it just went, and it's so funny because once I got the hormones straightened out, the weight loss, I didn't have to try anymore. I had to find the right diet for me. And we can talk about that because for what my hormones were doing, I did start following a paleo-based diet, which was perfect for me at that time, still is. And so I had to do that, but I wasn't calorie counting. I wasn't in any sort of a deficit. I wasn't working out like crazy anymore. Mm. And I was losing weight and I got to my perfect weight and I stayed there until I went into menopause pause. And then now I'm having to adjust things again. <laughs> so yeah, that's my story, ladies. Mm, and then I was excited. Right. There's got to be more women like me that are having weight loss resistance. Oh my gosh. That are doing yeah. everything right. Uh, right. And I love that phrase, weight loss resistance. That feels so, it's, it just feels like that's something you can attack instead of a weight problem. I hate that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. much. Yeah. Because you and so what was it? Karen, oh, sorry, what was it, Karen? That's okay. What what was it, Karen? That um, what do you call that? 
after pregnancy? Was it just, was it brought on by the pregnancy? Was it, had you had hormonal problems your whole life and didn't know it? Mm. Like, I think I had a, a predisposition for it. I had endometriosis, you know, I had ovarian cysts. I, I think I was somewhat hypothyroid even back then. Um, but just to a, just a, just a smidge, I just think that just looking back and some of the symptoms that I was experiencing. And then I think the pregnancy, because a pregnancy really is going to rob you of all your nutrients, right? Like your baby's going to take everything from you. So if you're already low in some of those things, those important nutrients, the baby's going to take Take it and then you come out of it and then you're not sleeping, right? Um, I also renovated a house during that time and moved and I had chemical exposure at that time as well. Like so I had all of these little things that kind of was just too much for my body and it it's just like it broke. It was like poof, okay, we're done. And but I do think it was 100% the pregnancy that did it. So do you do you think because we're kind of have we have this theory going on now with some of the of some of our guests, do you think that when you hit menopause, whatever that is for you, 45, 42, it's, we know people that it hits them in 35, you know, um, that it, it matters what's going on in your life? Do you so do you think that it's because some women go through and their hormones just don't go as crazy as others? For me, both my parents died, I had high school kids. I had three businesses, um, you know, say, like, I, I was like you, I, that everyone else was doing the same thing. I wasn't anything special. I had friends, parents, but they're passing away. You know, I, I didn't feel like, oh, this whole world is happening to me and I'm under all this stress. I was just doing what everybody else was doing. But I do feel like, wow, you know, it hit me over the head like a ham or like a frying pan. I was like, what is happening to my body? Do you think that makes a difference of what stage emotional state you're in when all of a sudden, boom, you go into menopause or, or perimenopause? 100%, yeah. I think that stress is one of the biggest indicators of how you are going to go through menopause. A hundred percent, because when we start to age, you have to think your first hormone to, to go is progesterone, which is this beautiful, calming hormone that helps us sleep, helps us to relieve anxiety, and it helps to produce cortisol. So if you're, you know, as we age, naturally that progesterone is already going to be coming down. So if you run in this high stress life, or you've got some sort of even an infection in your body that's making your cortisol go up, or you're not eating well and your blood sugar is going up all the time, cortisol will follow. So if you've got this cortisol constantly going, it's going to drain progesterone that much faster. And without progesterone, eventually estrogen starts to go too. So it's just this waterfall effect of one starts to go, then then cortisol keeps going up, insulin's going to go up with it, progesterone dies, estrogen dies, and now we've got this like like perfect storm for severe menopausal symptoms. And it's stress is one of the biggest factors. And that stress can, we seem to think like it is the things that you're talking about, where it's like, it's outside of us. And it's like our life, we're running three businesses, we're doing this, we're doing that. There's that stress. But there's just simply stress of the toxic world we're living in, the artificial lighting that we have. There's so many things coming at us now that is not normal for our body. So we're not seeing women sail through menopause anymore because they're drinking too much, they're full of toxins, they're they're running around with their head chopped off every day, all day, running businesses, raising children, cleaning the house, cooking. <laughs> so all of these things are part of it. 
And that if you don't have control over those things, it's going to get you. And you think it's fine when you're in your early 30s, late 20s. Oh, yeah, no problem. We can handle the world. As we age and these hormones naturally are starting to go down, this imbalance becomes so severe and the stuff that goes with it is terrible when you go through perimenopause. That was me. You just explained that perfect storm so very well. Oh my gosh. So what is what is your, you say on your website that your goal is to change the face of women's health. Explain what you mean by that. Because without our hormones, we literally start dying. And I know that that's a, that's a really strong thing to say, but you look at it from the point of like hunter-gatherer times when we only lived till we were in our 30s or 40, early 40s. Like that was typical age, right? So once you were no longer able to procreate and keep the, the tribe alive, you weren't any good to the tribe anymore. There was no purpose to you. The whole purpose to human beings is simply to procreate and keep the species alive. So when you no longer are fertile, the body starts to shut down and people don't realize, like we think of hormones, we think pregnancy, we think sex drive, we think our period, fertility, like we don't go beyond that because we're not told. Well, our hormones, I mean, estrogen alone has, I've heard actually recently, up to 800 different functions in our body. You think about that. So it's not just fertility. We have estrogen receptors in our brain. So there's a huge connection that they're starting to see now between Alzheimer's disease and estrogen deficiency. Diabetes, type 2 diabetes can be triggered by the loss of estrogen. Cholesterol will go up without estrogen, without thyroid hormone. So we have all of these like heart disease, testosterone, so important for the heart, estrogen, so important for your bone health, for the brain, for your skin, for your joints, for inflammation in the system, for blood sugar control, like everything. So without these hormones, we are literally doing this like slow death. And now that we can live till we're 90 to 100, we're all going, well, why do I feel like such crap? And am I being told that I just need to get through this? Or here's your antidepressant when you were never depressed before. Here's your anti-anxiety when you had never had anxiety before until you menopause. Here's your sleeping medication. That's what I was given. I was yes. I was given an antidepressant because of the hot flashes and it did help, but it made me gain so much weight. It did help. I will I will say that because I don't want to poo-poo if that's what people are getting through menopause. But and it did help me, but it to me it caused more problems than it did helping. Why are we being given these antidepressants when it's not a matter of a lack of serotonin? Well it is, but if that's not the root problem is that we're missing Prozac. The root of the right. of when it comes to the hormones, and I know that some people have to be on these things, but I'm talking about the people that are entering perimenopause and suddenly have these issues. It's not a lack of Prozac. This is a lack of estrogen. There's estrogen that there's an enzyme in the brain that that the estrogen is related to serotonin production. So we need the estrogen for the serotonin. So it's and so that's when right. I, I want to change this. So that's masking, what I want to change. Right? Masking, yes. And so a doctor would rather give you this mm-hmm. horrible pill that has how many side effects to it when they could give you natural bioidentical estrogen and it will immediately go away for most women. Oh yeah, we want you to talk about that, right, Franca? <laughs> yes, that is a great, a great <laughs> you segue. You did your own that. segue. We- 
Right. That, that's awesome. Because what I was going to say, I think, and this is one thing SJ and I talk about all the time, even Tammy, our producer is, we're floored, floored that doctors don't study menopause in med school. And you put, you gave us such a great analogy of the hunter-gatherer uh, situation where we are, we are meant to procreate, we're done. We didn't live in our 50s back hundreds of years ago, whatever. So they don't know what to do with us. And I do feel put to pasture. And that's part of, that was my biggest frustration. I thought, what the heck? You know, we we deserve more than this. We have birthed these bloody children. We are procreating, you know, what is our reward here? And it seemed like we were almost uh, cast aside, you know, or like, or, oh, it's okay. And you did, you did say something that you said, like, uh, like our mothers just kind of walked through menopause. I actually don't think they walked through. I think they didn't talk about it, right? So that's why we didn't know about it. So that's what, you know, the purpose of this. So again, thank you for being here, but let's talk about these bioidenticals and hormones in general, because there, you know, we all... We know about the Women's Initiative and the you know all about that horrible study in 2002 that's haunting us forever. Yes, but love your take on bioidenticals. And could you just imagine after what you just said, just made me think of this. If this was a man's problem, oh, we have yes, yes, we we ask this question. Yeah, yeah, it it comes up every episode. It comes up every episode. It does. Yeah, I heard a doctor talk about um, hysterectomies once on a podcast, and he was great. And he was like, you know, hysterectomies are so overdone. Like that oh, is the answer to every woman's gynecological problem is rip it out. And it's mm. brutal. And he said, could you imagine if our answer to every male's issue was, you know, let's just take your balls out. Let's just get rid of them. Let's cut, them, never off. Let's cut them off. Let's cut them off. It would never happen never. in a million years. No. And I, I did a whole <sighs> podcast episode about <laughs> the sexism around bioidentical hormones in the alternative health world, because I've had the pleasure of interviewing some pretty big guns, like as far as the male doctors and the alternative fields goes. And I've been on their podcast. And I can't tell you as how many times either I've personally run into it, or I've heard men on podcasts that are in the very popular men, doctors that are in the alternative health world, dissing bioidentical hormones. I heard one doctor, uh, every time I've heard him say it numerous times, oh, bioidentical hormones are just this real in vogue thing. It's ridiculous. And he totally slams them. Like, don't you dare go, it's this trendy. And I'm like, dude, if your penis was shriveling up and you couldn't get hard anymore (laughs) and you were riddled with anxiety and depression, it felt you were on an emotional roller coaster day in and day out and weren't sleeping. Would you think that they were so in vogue still? No, not in a million years. And this, and we're, I'm running into this so many places. It's, it's terrible. So anyways, bioidentical hormones. That's my little rant, my feminist rant, ladies. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, it's not a rant. It's truth speaking. It's true. You know, and it's, it is, we've always said we never, when we set out to do this, we never wanted it to be a podcast about male bashing because we love our husbands, our sons, our brothers. And, you know, we, but one of the, one of the main missions for us is also to educate our husbands and spouses and partners and brothers and sons. I mean, my son, I've said it before, he knows more about menopause than an 18 year old should. But I think that's part of it is to educate men on, you know, this suffering that our moms did so very quietly. And I call it suffering because I I believe that is really what is is so unnecessary. Yeah, I am. 
Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that our mums were given estrogen though. Back yes, then it was- my still- mom was, yeah. Yes, same. And estrogen was the number one prescribed drug in all of America in the wow. 1950s. Number one. And, and it wasn't until so those that were synthetic, that right. It yeah. was Premarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they used to yeah, also Premarin. treat breast cancer with high doses of estrogen. And then that WHI study came out, and it sounds like you guys have discussed this already, so I won't go into it. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. ruined everything. They, po- they told every doctor in the world, don't give women in hormones and then it's and then since then we it has not been the same like women have been told to suffer and oh, their doctors aren't that's taught about hormones so if a doctor knows about bioidentical so hormones they had to go learn it on their own so if a, so we'd love you to just give a plain old explanation and then where do we go how do we find these wonderful things and <laughs> that that part is what makes me nervous is like okay now i know how do i do Yeah. Yeah. When we get to our perimenopausal years, and I don't like to wait for women to be in menopause. Now, menopause is considered one year without a period. There is a lot of agony that happens leading up to that. And that I'm talking like seven to 10 years, you could be in perimenopause experiencing really severe symptoms or even just a little bit of symptoms. And that's in about 80% of women are going to have some sort of symptoms from perimenopause. So I don't like to wait for women to get to that stage where they don't have anything left and then start replacing. I look at it like this. We're when we hit our late 30s and our 40s, typically, like you said, it can happen much earlier in some women. I I, I start going into menopause at 42, of course, right? The hormone specialist has to go into pe- menopause at 42. <laughs> It's good. You know, I can teach others about it, I guess. But so right. at, that, at this point, when we're in our 40s, there's no amount of supplements that or, or diet that's going to make our ovaries go, oh, you know what? You just gave me some zinc. I'm, I'm going to keep producing progesterone for a while or estrogen or whatever, right? It doesn't work like that. There's certain things that you can take that will certainly help the adrenal system, which then helps our production of progesterone and estrogen because our adrenals will make progesterone and estrogen when our ovaries stop. So there's all these, you know, there's definitely some great supplements to take that will help the ride through to menopause. But, and there's certain things that you can take even to wring out the last bit of what's in that ovary. But then it gets to the point that our ovaries just stop making it. And at that point, if you are suffering, then a great option is bioidentical hormones. Now, bioidentical hormones are exactly the same as our own hormones. The makeup is exactly the same. So when you take them, your body can't tell what's yours or what's coming from the outside. And that's what you want. The hormone, the the estrogen that was so popular back in the 50s was Premarin, and that came from pregnant horses' urine, which in the WHI study actually still showed to be of benefit, more benefit than not taking estrogen. So you're better off to even take pregnant horses urine than you are to go without estrogen. It actually, that arm of the study where women were only on Premarin, there was a 30% reduction in breast cancer in the WHI study. Not many people know that. So you're bioidentical because it is an option. Of course you want to go with that because Premarin, you're taking it orally. You're going to have a higher risk of um, stroke and heart attack. When you're taking it transdermally, there is no risk, no risk when you take estrogen topically or through, um, like you can do it through a 
patch, you can do it through trochs, you can do it through the, the pellets. There's different there's different forms, but you basically, just as long as it's not going through your mouth, <laughs> um, very safe. And the research shows us that one year on bioidentical progesterone and estrogen reduces all cause mortality in women by 33%. So you are safer to go on bioidentical hormones even for one year than not to take any at all. So people, we have a real fear around it, right? We have, oh, hormones, they people, you know, women will grab their breasts like, oh God, no, not estrogen. Mm-hmm. And I say to them, do you see 20 year old women walking around with breast cancer? I mean, we're definitely seeing a little bit more of it now, but breast cancer is most common in menopausal women when we have no estrogen. So when we're in our 20s, we have massive amounts of estrogen in our body and we don't see the breast cancer in that age range. Not very much, very, 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 very small percentage. So estrogen itself. So why the? Well, go ahead. Why, why so controversial? Why so controversial? Why is it because it's not FDA, FDA approved? Is it you know? Is it because you can go to one compounding pharmacy and then the other? Like what? What is it? It all stems from the WHI study. So there was just so much misconception about what came out of that study, and what came out of it is people got really scared and thought it was the estrogen because what happened was there was an increase in breast cancer and uterine cancer cancer. And that's why they stopped the study. It was the fake progestin that caused those problems, not the estrogen. But everybody still thinks that it was the estrogen. And then also there's estrogen-driven breast cancer. And so people think, well, if I'm going to take estrogen, am I going to get breast cancer? Estrogen goes is an anti-inflammatory hormone. So it's going to go where there's inflammation. So if you've got breast cancer cells in your breasts and there's inflammation there, estrogen will go do its job and go there and can create it to multiply because it's a growth hormone. Same with endometriosis. It's not so much the estrogen as it is that estrogen's going to where there's inflammation and because it thinks it's doing its job, but it unfortunately, because it's a growth hormone, can make it spread. So it's just got this terrible, like I said, just a bad rap. When estrogen is the, the, like, I think it's the mother hormone. It's, it is, it's the most important one. Our progesterone Mm. can't work without our estrogen. So, you need both. Mm. And estrogen, there's cells for receptors for it in every cell of our body. It's the only hormone that has that. So you have to think every function in your body has a dependency somewhat on estrogen. And so it's just so, it's it's just miss, it's judged. There's a lot of miss about it. And the other thing is our environment is full of xenoestrogens, which are fake estrogens, which are chemical estrogens. And inside your body, and there's no way to avoid these things. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in the pesticides on our food. It's in the air. It's in the clothing. It's in our products. It's, it's everywhere. There's no getting away from it, even if you're trying to be very conscious of it. Your hormone receptors will, which is like, I say, it's like the arm coming out of the cell that's going to grab a hormone, bring it into the cell so it can do its job. Your receptor will preferentiate, so it will pick a xenoestrogen over your own estrogen and causes havoc on our body. So we are, in a sense, a lot of us are kind of estrogen dominant. They they actually think that a lot of the breast cancer, estrogen-driven breast cancer is xenoestrogens, not our own estrogen. Mm. That's why we're seeing the rise in it because xenoestrogens are on the rise. They're 
everywhere. So we have this chemical, this toxin in our body trying to pretend it's estrogen and it does not act like estrogen on the system like our own estrogen does. So it's really important to lower your you know, toxic estrogens in your environment as much as you possibly can. Do things like a liver detox. You know, there's certain supplements that you can take, even taking eating things like phytoestrogens like soy and flax if it's, you know, fermented soy, organic, all that. You're even it's a mild estrogen, but your receptor it will occupy the receptors and so it can push out the xenoestrogen. Hmm. So there's all these little like it's so important. Like we're just, what we're going through today, we've never had to go through in the history of women. What we're being bombarded with, like I said before, not just the stress of our lives because now we're trying to be equal to the man, but yet we're still doing all the same work as we were before. And we've got <laughs> estrogens and obesogens that are coming at us that need to be dealt with so that we could have a really nice hormonal profile. Say so, so going back to what SJ said, what do we do? Where do we go? Like, why don't we first say where where would someone get a hold of you for one? Let, let's say what, what, let's just start there. Yeah, I mean there are hormone coaches like myself that can help women to like just walk them through this whole process. I mean taking bioidentical hormones, it's not as easy as oh let's just go slap on these hormones and everything's going to be okay. And we're going to lose all this weight. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, every woman is so different. I've had women that have had to have really high doses of bioidenticals, and then I've had women that can't tolerate barely any. You have to make sure that you've got the right gut going on in order to handle your estrogen, handle the progesterone and the other hormones. You want a healthy liver. You want less stress in your life. So lifestyle. So there's so many things that a hormone coach can help you with. And then when it comes to the bioidentical hormones, what I do with my clients is I just give them recommendations. You know what? This is a great starting dose. Take this to your doctor, to your family doctor. A lot of the time, I would say about 70% of the time, the doctor is over open-minded enough to say, okay, yeah, sure, we could try this, even though they might not know about it, right? They're still open to the suggestion of it. And then that doctor can monitor that patient. If the doctor says no way, like I had so somebody- So do you take the blood? What's that? Do, do let me, let, can we just back up? Let's just start from someone first comes and sees you, right? And do you, you say, okay, we're going to take your blood. Do you go all through that? And then you read the hormone levels and then you come up with a plan and then you can take it to a doctor. Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. So I'll have women either if they can't get a doctor to test their hormones for them, which unfortunately happens a lot. I know. <laughs> then mm-hmm. I tell them to either they can order it through a lab that for that sends it to their house, the t- kit to them. In the States, you guys have great access to at-home lab. So you can just order them online. There's Everly, there's Let's Get Checked. Um, myself, I sell a saliva hormone kit off my website. So that's once again, just ship it to your house. You take it from the comforts of your own home and it comes with a 20 minute session with me. Um, But yes, I always like women. Okay, let's see where you're at. Let's see what your hormones are doing. And if they can, if all they can do is blood work with their doctor, great. I'll tell them what to do. And then from that, I can come up with a game plan as to what needs to be done and looked at, look at the individual from a very holistic point of view and go, okay, what needs to be done here? Because like I said, you can't just go slap on hormones. Like some people, yeah, sure they can, but a lot of women can't, they have to have the right atmosphere inside 
inside their body for it <laughs> so to really get the most benefit from it. So if they can't get it from their doctor, there are lots of great options now online for hormones that can be sent to your home, even in Canada, where you can get them shipped from the United States up to Canada. Um, you can get estrogen, you can get progesterone, DHEA, pregnenolone. The one you can't get is testosterone and you can't get cortisol in the States. Those are the two that are the toughest to get. And you can't get higher doses of estrogen, which some women need a higher dose. And, and in which case you have to find somebody that's mm. willing to prescribe that for you. Wow. I mean, I, where were you two years ago for me, Karen? <laughs> where, where were you? I highly recommend to anyone out there that's listening and is really struggling to get yourself a Karen Martell, to get yourself a hormone coach, because I struggle. I probably went to five, six, maybe seven different gynecologists wow. uh, and ended up putting and ended up figuring it out myself, uh, you know, through supplements, through my diet, through, you know, one small half a year I was on MIMV, which is a, which is like basically a birth control, which is a, a, a synthetic. I never did the bioidenticals because, and uh, this is where I, I want to talk to you about the Vogue thing is that, you know, they're not, a, it's not approved by the FDA, right? And that's where I think, that's where I think the controversy is, is that doctors, you know, Western medicine doesn't like prescribing that because it's not, it's not approved by the FDA. And so you could go to one pharmacy down the street and they mix you up a batch of your stuff and then you go to the one five blocks away and it could be potentially be a different mixture. Can you speak a little bit about that? Like what, what you've, what do you, how do you that argue a, that one? It's a very poor argument, I think, because it did. So, so one day somebody might get 40 milligrams over 50 milligrams of progesterone. Like it's really, it's, it, it, that's so minute. I've never, ever heard a woman say, I don't know if I'm getting the right dose out of my cream. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. They take mm -hmm. it till they feel better and then that's it. They don't have to worry. They trust their compounding pharmacy. There's some excellent compounding pharmacies in the United States. There's also now, because here's the where the controversy lies, is pharmaceutical companies can't patent bioidentical transdermal cream. And so doctors don't make money from prescribing it because a lot of them will get paid when they're if they prescribe a certain pharmaceutical drug. It's unfortunate, but true. There's better restrictions now, but it still happens. And so, but you can get now, there's many pharmaceutical companies that have patented the delivery form. So if they come up with their own unique delivery, so there's the estrogen patch, that's bioidentical. That can be prescribed through a doctor and a doctor will feel so much better about doing that than they will about the cream that might have a missing 10 milligram dose in it sometimes or whatever it is, right? Um, you can do shots. Mm -hmm. You can do uh, suppositories. You I just talked to a woman in the UK this morning and she's doing a spray, an estrogen spray. And I'm like, oh, well there, they had to come up with something, mm. right? So they could pat the delivery and then it can mm. be prescribed Gotcha. From the pharmaceutical, like it can be through the pharmaceutical company that they get it. So the bioidentical cream, doctors, I think they come up with that crap. Like, oh, we're not too sure what's all, if it can be a, a dose, you know, if that dose is going to stay the same, you don't know. You might get one less, less, a little bit more. I've never seen that be a problem. I mean, some days I'll put 50 on progesterone on my arm. Some days I'll put a hundred. It's probably, it is better for you actually, because normal life, when we're fertile women, our hormone doses change. 
change every single day. They yes. go up, they go down. Yes. So hey, a little bump, a little up and down in your cream is not the end of the world. I think a lot of, or Franca and I have noticed that a lot of our women friends, we only get to know where to go or who to see by talking to one another. And yeah. there's, you know, if your doctor, your primary doctor or your, your OBGYN, your gyno doesn't want to go there with you or doesn't know, you know, then we just reach out to one another, right, Franca? Yeah. And yeah. go to I mean, Dr. All- Mueller or go to this clinic or, you know, I had a client who just handed me this binder that was this thick and she's like, you need to go here and they'll tell you what to eat and every six months they'll give you this little cream. And I was like, what are you talking about? And her eyes were like this huge. But that's how I found out. That's how I found out. Gene Ramsey. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. But that that definitely, like, it, again, it's on your own. It's right? on there's your no, own. There's no one, we just talked about it with the men, there's no one website, there's no one pill, there's no, you know, so when women are in the middle of the night at, you know, it, it, at three in the morning, again, sitting up, why am I sweating? Why do I feel my heart palpitation? I can't sleep. And they're online looking for answers. You know, it, they, there's a thousand different websites that say 20 million different things, different studies that say 20 million different things. And it's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. And I think we have to get let go of going to the doctors for help. Like go mm-hmm. there first, which I think most women do. We first yeah. try our own physician. Yeah, They fail us. Sometimes they'll send you to an endocrinologist. They'll fail us. You just have to go, okay, now it's time to spend the money and go see a hormone doctor. Like there's so many amazing doctors in the United States that I've interviewed and that I just think are fabulous. They have brick and mortar offices in their cities and they're doing those bioidentical mm-hmm. hormones. And yeah, it's going to cost you some more money, but it is your life. It could be a possibly uh, 10 years of hell or 10 years of bliss. This can be one of the best times of our lives right now in our 40s and 50s. Oh, it's when, we believe that. Oh, it's yes. so amazing. You, you finally who you are, like you really get to know who you are and you don't put up <laughs> with the crap anymore and your kids are growing up and you're, you know, like you've got it figured out way more than you ever have. And you're way more about yourself than you ever have been. And so if you can go through these years with happy hormones and enjoy this time, it is worth every penny that you have to spend. I really believe that. Amen, sister. Uh That is what, that's why that really right there, you summed up why we're doing what we're doing. Because I do believe in SJ and I talk about this all the time. This is, these are the best years, you know, SJ still has younger kids, but still it, you know, we are wiser. We, you know, we're, we are those wise owls walking around. We, we know who we are. And it's such a great, because most women, you know, we grow up in Insecure, you know, don't have good self-image, you know, everything that comes with being a, a girl. And I can't even imagine in today's world with the social media. But that's why you hit 50 and you really don't give a crap anymore. You know, you are who you are. And then, but if you're not feeling well, you know, and then it plays on you mentally and then physically, this is a great segue into, I know, because we are running out of time with you. We have a thousand things to talk about. Really want to talk about the weight loss Mm -hmm. because that I had 
all the symptoms of everything menopause. But the weight for me was so, it really got me down. And probably most of it was because I was super thin my whole life. I had good genetics. It was nothing else. It was just good genetics. And I ate what I wanted. My parents were European. I always had a Mediterranean diet, everything in moderation. Um, so I feel like, I, and I was very health conscious, but it, like exactly what you described, I started doing everything. Oh, okay. I just have to change up my workout. Uh, I'm going to do boot camp, or I'm going to do TRX or I'm going to, no, now I'm going to do Pilates. And then I did every diet under the sun and not so much a diet. I wanted to do a lifestyle change, right? Because I thought, okay, my body's changing. I'm going to change my lifestyle here. And I never approached it as a diet or a calorie deficit, but nothing worked. And then I was prescribed uh, antidepressant for the, and then that I was like, wait, what? And I I didn't even know the side effects. I just took it again. The doctor told me I took it. The the hot flashes went away within 24 hours. It, It was awesome. It did what it was supposed to do. And it kept me calm. But then I gained 20 pounds, 20 pounds. And I, then I could not get that weight off. I still am struggling with like the last seven pounds of it for sure. But I'd love your, I'd love to hear your approach on all that. Yeah. And it's a sad thing because we all, most of us will have some weight gain in our menopausal years when we're transitioning. And it's so sad that we can't be okay with that. That society tells us it's not okay for you to put on any weight. And I struggle with it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not immune to this either. And our body is doing this on purpose for a few reasons. One is your body can make estrogen from fat cells. So it's smart. It says, okay, we don't have any estrogen. We need estrogen for the health of of our entire system, let's put on a little weight so we can get some estrogen. And it's estrone, which is like the fat gaining estrogen. <laughs> and then as on top of that, we've got really low levels of estrogen and progesterone and high levels of cortisol and insulin. So we become insulin resistant. We've got blood sugar issues. We've got high stress. Your body won't let go of weight when you've got that cortisol up there and the insulin up there. Nothing you do works. And it all piles in your stomach. I'm sure you guys know know this, understand this. It's what I hear all the time, all day. I'm just gaining weight in my stomach. And I think it's it's dreadful. We have to embrace some of it. We we can't we cannot expect that we're going to be what we were in our 20s when we were these naturally thin women. It's just not that isn't normal. What's normal is for us to get softer. And that that should be okay. And I really want us to change that. You guys to change it, me to change it with my podcast where women start to say that it's okay for you to put on a little bit of weight when you're in your menopausal years. That's fine. Men do. Men aren't going out and getting tummy tucks and going on diets and working out and going on hormones and going, what am I doing? And why can't I lose weight? And I'm going to try this diet and this diet. My husband doesn't do that. And he's putting on his menopause weight. But women, we just, it just kills us. It kills us to put on weight. And the thing is, you can't lose it. And you can't like to an extent, some women can't lose all of it. But you could certainly keep it to a minimum, the weight gain, because some women are gaining like 20, 30 pounds, right? That isn't necessary. There's certainly so much you can do to make sure that that doesn't happen. And once again, you got to, you have to set your body up right for it. The diet part of it is going to be something different for each person, depending kind of hormonally where you're at. So if you've got terrible adrenals, terrible thyroid, then you want to, you know, you don't want to be doing the fad of low carb, keto, carnivore fasting that's out there right now. You're going to trash your body and you will never lose weight if you do that diet. After all of the years that I put together my own supplements or whatever, everything that you are saying is the money. 
It's the money. That's the ticket. It's what we women need to be collectively doing together and encouraging each other to do. Uh, it is, it's the, you know, what are the gold pot at the end of the rainbow? It's at the end of the horizon. It really, it really is. And I thank you. I really heard you to say today that we are meant to be this way. Yeah. We are meant to be softer. We yeah. are meant to be that, that, did you hear that I heard too, it. SJ? I heard it. Yeah. I heard it. So thank you for saying that. I, I hope that uh, people listen. That, I mean, there were a billion takeaways, but that takeaway was very, that was poignant and really heartfelt. And that goes a long way with women. We can hear that genuine thing. So to, say, to say that it's okay. Yeah. To say, for someone to say that it's okay. You know, that's, that's follows us a lot in life, but just to be able to say, you know, you are okay. And, and I love, and I'm sticking with, a little bit of estrogen around the belly is a good thing. I, that's my biggest takeaway. <laughs> wow, she must have a ton of estrogen. Look at estrogen, her. She's lucky girl. girl. <laughs> I'm focusing on that. All right. Well, thank you, thank my you. friend. That, we, it was you. It was incredible. We would love to have you back. We just scratched the surface, so we need you to come back for our next season. We would really appreciate that. It was a pleasure, Karen Martell. All right. Thank you, my friend. We will see thank you again you. on Some Like It Hot. What do you got to say about that one? (laughs) Well, is there any more to say than wow? Wow, right? You know, okay, I'm going to say what I love that. I mean, what it's maybe been the last three that we've done that we've really dove into bioidenticals. We haven't just, you know, okay, that was a question. We went through, we got the answer. We're Now we're starting to, you know, it's, it's like a reoccurring theme mm-hmm. that I'm so pleased with because our listeners will understand that it's okay. Right. And you right. shall discover it and you should go look, open the blinds. Right. And, and I think what a, a, a reoccurring thing too in this is, you you know, go to your doctor, get the hormone, but they are not going to give you the the advice that is going to, in the long run, help you out. Most doctors, right? And even the doctors that we have interviewed have suggested that. So seek out, don't just stop with, oh, I just have to live with this, or I'm just going to live with the 20 pounds, or I'm just going to live with the hot flashes, or I'm just going to live with my, my anxiety or my heart palpitations or whatever it is. Go and figure it out. Go seek out a person like Karen Martell, you know, and, and to get to the nitty gritty of it all and, and get, and you'll be able to get answers. Like, don't stop there. You know, uh, I did, I, and I'm pretty educated in health care, you know, especially my, again, during that time when uh, I was going through menopause, both my, my dad died first, then my mom died. And I was handling all of their care, all of their medical bills. I was in every single uh, meeting with my parents on their cancers and what was happening. And I, I had, I had, you know, spiral notebooks and cards stapled to each one. I mean, I was on top of it and advocating so hard for my parents that I didn't advocate for myself. I just went to one doctor. She said, take this. I said, okay, because I didn't take that time out for myself. Right. Do the same advocating. Like when, when a doctor would tell my mom something to take, I was like, well, why are you telling her that? Like, let's figure this out. Let's research this. Let's look into this. And I didn't, you know, I, I just kind of just was like, okay, yeah, hopefully this will go away or that my symptoms didn't 
didn't, there weren't enough to like really keep me in bed all day, you know, or, you know, I just oh, lived with no. it. I know. No. Yeah. I think this is something that we go beyond living with it, right? Because we have to overcome it and still live and still have our job, be a great friend, be a great mom and be a great you know, wife, be a great, be a great wife, wife or partner or whatever. Yeah, that- right. I know. And I think um, the other thing that she said, this besides our listeners being able to hear this reoccurring theme of bioidenticals, besides that, the thing that really felt true with me is the foundation. You Like you could take bioidenticals and that's great and it will help, but is your foundation sturdy? You just, and I'm talking to you, Franca, your foundation was not sturdy. No. So you, you, you would have taken anything and it, I think you said it, you're like, it's just, it's just a surface, you know, you're just fixing the surface and that comes back and bite you. You know, and I, I, you're so, tr- that's so true. I go back and forth with this because I think, you know, if it wasn't for the menopause, I wouldn't have gone on the journey I did for my meditation and my enlightenment and oh. my awakening and where I am today. And I'm such a better person. I mean, I am enjoying my life tremendously right now. And I still have the same problems, the same, the same stresses, but I'm just a better person. So if I hadn't had the menopause and was so suffering and my foundation wasn't good, like you said, I wouldn't have been able to get to where I was. But I hope people out there are listening that if I had worked on my foundation prior to menopause, I would definitely not have suffered as much. And that part, I, you know, again, of being a woman, I That's beat myself up. That's a recurring theme as well. That, right. you know, it is, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the those stupid xenoestrogen. Oh my God. The God. Xeno, Xeno, right? Xeno. The, I, oh my God. I wrote them down again. We have to have it's like a nightmare. Note. We need to go dive deep into that and figure yeah, out agree. what exactly those xenoestrogen are and, and how we can be avoiding them because that is probably, wow. I haven't, I mean, I heard a little bit about that, but it's everyone's, everybody in every episode has mentioned them. Yeah. What do you think, Tammy? What did you think of her? Uh, I thought that was one of our best um, interviews. It was totally, it, it was so chock full of information. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like helpful yeah. information for people. Right, right. You know? And 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 she gave a path of how you can, you know, okay, I'm going to go to my doctor, I'm going to get tested, and then I'm going to get myself a hormone coach. I mean, that's what I, I'm telling anybody right now. And I know that it costs money, but I do think you can work with people. I think that there's a lot of people out there that are hormone coaches that if you come to them with some problems, they will... It seems like in this world of women's health, that women are really more so than money, they're really wanting to help other women. And I think the hormone coach will also just tell you, okay, this is what you're going to say. If you can't afford it and you can't pay for someone extra other than, you know, it doesn't, it's not covered by insurance. Just try to scrape your pennies together to go to a hormone coach once for them to give you some sort of guideline to go back to the doctor and ask and say, no, don't give me that uh, antidepressant. I don't want that. I want yeah. a bioidentical. I want a bioidentical or I want, you know, whatever it is that the hormone specialists, you know, or coach. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, that would have been very helpful. Uh, not to break up this lovely affair with some normalcy, but <laughs> I got to taxi to soccer practice. <laughs> Are you taking care of your foundation? Are you taking care of your foundation? <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> Because right. I'm drinking this. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay. Yep, yep. You go. I know. I know no one would say that was okay. Yeah. okay. You go. You go. Okay. You go be a mom because okay. that's All what right. we do. Mm-hmm. Like a hot